Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, Answers for Healing and Infinite Love, which is of spiritual awakening, spiritual communication, healing energies, miracles, and soul discovery. And today I welcome Kate O'Connell, author of Beyond the Imprint. Dr. O'Connell is a child and family therapist who is dedicated to offering a variety of efficacy-based modalities to facilitate mental, emotional, and physical healing at the cellular level. Hello, Kate, and thank you for joining us today to talk about multidimensional well-being and a true look at what healing is all about. Thank you, Cheryl. I'm really glad to be here and excited to be talking with you. Great. Okay. Kate, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and to remember a person, a place, or event that may have already helped them, even at that early age, to know their life path and perhaps the work and interest they would have as an adult, because I believe we are born with a plan and the events that often happen to help us find this destiny and to know that nothing is random and nothing is to be judged as good or bad, uh, but simply experiences, already exists within us. So think back for a moment. Oh, I don't need a moment. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) Great. (laughs) So I actually write a little bit about this in the book, and of course at the time, there's no conscious awareness about the fact that this is part of my unfolding and my sense of destiny and what I came here to do. And often these experiences are not particularly comfortable at the time that they're happening. So what I identified is that I became a therapist at the age of three when my mother was given six months to live and I Mm. was left at home alone with her when everybody else left the house. And I realized that that At that time, the parent-child dynamic was extremely inverted in which I became her emotional caretaker. And I think just over time, all of that evolved into the awareness in early adulthood that um, actually it was more mid-adulthood that becoming a therapist was an appropriate venue for me um, to exercise all of the training that I'd received over the years from the age of three. Mm-hmm. But yes, you were already a healer. <laughs> you were already yes. filled with that energy and that wisdom within you of perhaps many times and places before. You also told the story that when you were two years old, you spoke your first word. Do you remember what that was? Well, according to the story, it was, Hallelujah! And <laughs> what's interesting about that story is that I, nor do anybody else, have the ability to know if that in fact was true, because the point that I was making with that was it wasn't so much whether or not I actually said that, it was the response that the other family members had to that story that was what deeply imprinted me. How they felt about it, right. What they saw in you, what they felt was was a quality that you already had, that they admired and respected. Now, you discussed the basic Taoist principle of the uncarved block. Could you tell us something about that? 
It's interesting. So the un- the uncarved block is the understanding that prior to birth, um, we come in with our own innate sense of self and our own natural power, if you will, and that life experiences have a way of diminishing us by carving uh, the block with these experiences, which I correlate to the actual imprints that I talk about in my book. And according to what I talk about in my book, um, we actually begin being carved at the moment of conception when we inherit the respective memories of uh, of our of both uh, lineages. Mm-hmm. So through our DNA, we we inherit memory, including trauma, from our respective lineages. Absolutely, yeah. So we spend the rest of our life trying to figure out where some of our feelings and fears have come from, and they're already yes. there with us at the beginning. That's what I was trying to say when I asked you uh, that question to look back to your childhood, that it's all within us, and it is part of the life journey to remember who we are as soul or energetic beings, and we are imprinted by all the experiences both here and maybe before here that we bring in with us and we need to simply recognize it because by recognizing it we can realize that many of these impressions are not so real or no longer serve us and we can let them go and that becomes a process we we make a choice to do when we understand this so how is it that you ended up creating a new modality in the field of mental health counseling what did you discover quite early on at the age of 25? So at that point, I was already ha- had had 13 years of experience of working within the allopathic framework as a, a patient having been diagnosed with an aggressive autoimmune disorder at the age of 12. And so that sort of propelled me into holistic healing that then evolved into spiritual seeking. And so um, it was a gradual unfolding of noticing what wasn't working and what, how we had been conditioned by the collective to believe that it was appropriate to be participating in certain healing modalities when, in fact, within the allopathic model, what I experienced was the side effects were actually worse than what the original symptoms that I was experiencing. They're talking about, yeah, the medication you had to take? Yes, absolutely. So so all of that started as early as 25 when I stepped out of allopathic medicine and into um, energetic medicine and naturopathic and homeopathic and acupuncture and all that stuff. And then it, as I as all of that evolved, then I ended up studying with wisdom teachers that represented all of the wisdom teachings on all of the planet. And then that evolved into spending five years up in the Adirondacks training with a Cherokee medicine woman and shaman. And then I had the awareness that I wanted to reach more people. So I decided I needed to become trained and knowledgeable in the Western medicine model of of uh, therapy, psychology was the mm-hmm. degree I got at graduate level. And then when I went through all the hoops to become licensed, at that point I was able to open up my own practice 
and then synthesized all of that, all of my knowledge, all of my training, all of my awareness to create something very holistic and a very different approach to how we do therapy um, because I had noticed in the first five years of my training that what we were doing wasn't very effective. And so it was largely by noticing what wasn't working in which I started to be able to track patterns and then identify what was underlying all thoughts, perceptions, and behaviors. And the modality that I created speaks to that, and we go underneath the behavior. We never address the behavior um, because that's just a symptom of everything that we're carrying within us at the cellular memory. And so that's how this modality ended up being created. Yeah, well, what you discovered was that uh, there was a need for multidimensional healing, the mind, the body, and the spirit or soul, as we'll call it, because uh, if you're only addressing symptoms with medication, uh, the body reflects our emotional experience over time from childhood, and eventually something you know, will come out in the body, but it, the cause is far deeper imprinted within us at a cellular level, and you cannot just go to therapy and talk, because what you're really doing if you do just talk therapy and you don't include and uh, all these other natural healing therapies is just reinforcing the energy or the belief system that created the problem in the first place and you never get past that. And I think that's what you discovered, that you, you needed yeah. to actually get to the, the feelings in the body at the cellular level so it could be released. And you couldn't do that necessarily through talking or talk therapy. And, and uh, yeah, I know people go for years and years. And I once had a client come to me, and I'm an intuitive, and I, I did a reading for her. And I sensed something that had happened to her when she was very young. And over a period of time, it was quite uh, upsetting for me to mm -hmm. recognize what she had been through. And when I explained that she was like a rag doll, she could hardly move. She was so weak and traumatized. She told me yes. what had happened. And, uh, and she told me after that she felt... She didn't need to ever think about it anymore because someone else had shared it with her, felt it with her, and knew it, and she wasn't the victim. She was released, and uh, we didn't really talk about it. We just sort of felt it, and we yeah. said, and she knew she was not a victim. It was the other person's problem, and uh, and she was free. So I know that's yes. that's what your your uh, you work with your um, clients or patients as you call them. But let's get on to the central themes of beyond the imprint and BTI therapy. So it's the understanding that everything that we've ever experienced is being held as memory in the fifty trillion cells of our body, and that. At the time that we've been traumatized or overwhelmed and or chronically stressed over time, that sets us up to recreate these experiences in a cyclical fashion because when the stimulus in the environment shows up that resonates with these original traumas, mm -hmm. we become activated and then we need to defend ourselves. 
And so we start with understanding that that's what we're at the effect of so that we can start to train ourselves not to defend ourselves and to become aware of what's actually activating us. And it's the understanding that because our needs were not met at most earliest critical stages of development, that what we're doing as adults through our behaviors and our relationship dynamics is unconsciously attempting to get those needs met um, by looking outside of ourselves and expecting other people and situations to provide that. So I so the identification of all relationships being codependent and how we've been collectively conditioned to participate in those kinds of relationships, all of that we start talking about in a very conscious way so we can start to become more and more aware of how we're experiencing ourselves and others as we move through our our world and begin to make more conscious decisions and choices in order to diminish and dissolve the imprinting that we're carrying. Because as you had just identified, when we come into traditional talk therapy, all of those stories, those narratives that we uh, tell over and over again actually reinforce mm-hmm. the cellular and so nothing changes, and, and we just, even if we left our job, left our husbands or wives, we, we would still continue to cycle through these same patterns of victimology in different settings and in different relationships. So this modality actually helps people have very significant changes by shifting the internal paradigm. So we go from looking outside of ourselves in order to reassure ourselves that we're okay to going inside and developing internal mechanisms to provide for ourselves what it is we need. And only when we heal and only when we come into alignment at that level are we able to have healthy, balanced experiences while in relationship with other people. Absolutely. You know, most children are taught that they can make other people happy, and it's their job to do that. So little by little, they lose the feeling that, you know, I'm not doing what feels right for me. I don't feel comfortable. I'm not happy. So it has put a great um, burden on them. And uh, you also say that 90% of the relationships are codependent now, and that's why there's so much divorce and so much misinterpretation about what happiness is because happiness is simply living in alignment with yourself and living a life that uh, is productive and uh, brings you peace and a quality of um, interrelating with people in a way uh, that is joyful. And, and we don't have that if we expect other people to make us happy or bring us a uh, you know, we've given our personal power within ourselves, our soul being away in order to make them happy, and then we're not doing well ourselves. So it, there are a lot of fallacies out there, a lot of myths, and a lot of treatment that we receive and false information as children that it takes us a very long time to work through to know that nobody out there is ever going to make us happy. The happiness comes from within us and from following our destiny or our, our life force from the beginning and not uh, giving in to the expectations or needs of other 
of others. Because when we're happy and doing well, we project that energy out there and everyone benefits. Right? So yes, this this absolutely. is this is where we are. So it makes me kind of sad to hear that ninety percent of relationships are codependent. And what does exactly codependent mean? Can you tell us? Yeah, codependency is when we're relying on the other person to make us feel better about ourselves. So where we require the other person to reflect us back to us in a way that it reassures us that we are lovable, acceptable and okay and so the reason we need that is because to the degree that our needs were not met at the very earliest stages of development we experience that as negation and so you know we are in the physical experience inherently carrying within us very deep wounding and very deep shame imprinting that requires us to be reassured constantly that we actually are okay And I find that adolescence is the most vulnerable stage of development in which this existential angst is primarily what's playing out almost like a software program relative to how they experience themselves and their their environment. And it's the demographic that I am most excited to be working with. So what most Yeah, so what can so what can parents do? as their children approach puberty and young adulthood, if, you know, they didn't get to do it when the children were a little younger, give them the self-esteem and confidence that they needed because they were so busy um, teaching them what they thought was important, uh, you know, their expectations for how they wanted their lives to go. So what, what can they do for their, their teenage children? Yes, it's a great question. The first thing I ask parents to be aware of is that they're parenting unconsciously through their own unresolved imprinting. Yes. And that has that ha- that's where we need to start because even with the best of intentions, we still end up projecting onto our children our anxiety and our fears relative to what we internally carry as unresolved judgments about ourselves. And so we want to be conscious and aware of that And we also want to be conscious and aware that it is appropriate with adolescents to be attempting to differentiate from us because adolescence is all about identity formation. And so we want to be loosening the the external control mechanisms and we want to be able to give them a wider space in which to stumble and fall because that's appropriate. That's actually how we learn. And yet it's also the developmental stage in which they tend to be experimenting with things that keep parents up all night worrying about them. So mm-hmm. it's very counterintuitive when I sit with parents to ask them to drop all the control mechanisms and go wider so that your child can start to develop the internal locus of control that has them learning through experience um, what's appropriate for them. And so at the very least, we want parents to be conscious enough not to be projecting onto their children stories about what they think they should be doing with their life because it interferes and distorts the child's their own experience in figuring this out for themselves. Absolutely. And what role does trauma play in your modality uh, that we're talking it, about here? It's, a, it's, it's primarily part of the central thesis with the understand that None of us is exempt of trauma because we tend to think of trauma as being 
um, exclusive to soldiers and first responders and people who've had catastrophic events. But the fact of the matter, if you think about how the brain develops in early childhood, uh, it's, it's very easy to be traumatized when you're very young um, mm-hmm. because the limbic brain is the primary uh, brain that's developed, part of the brain that's developed that all it does is take in sensations. And so the schemas have not developed enough to be able to process experiences in a way that makes sense and allow you to infer future probabilities. So the child is walking around as just this giant sponge that's just absorbing every sensation that you can imagine in the environment. So just living with parents who are filled with anxiety Mm. is enough to be traumatizing for a child because what they are doing is they're taking in at the deepest level that they're not safe. And so we just want to become more and more aware about what trauma is, how it impacts us, and the fact that it is very real and, and these memories are very real. They are encoded in the cells of our body, and there is the opportunity to dissolve that when you work with very gifted body workers, particularly in in the modality of cranial sacral therapy. They can actually connect to the body and, and identify the areas in which the trauma is being held, and they can. Well, assist. yeah, as a Reiki uh, master teacher who has also studied cranial sacral and reflexology and as an empath, yes, we can gauge and feel where the trauma is being held, in which chakra area, which relates to uh, different areas of our life. And uh, I wanted to say as a child, I was an empath and I was picking up everybody's emotions and pain. And of course, my doctor didn't understand why I was sick all the time and stomach aches and, you know, viruses and whatever, but it was really the emotional trauma around me and this discomfort of the adults. And uh, as you were just saying, now I would assume that some children are more sensitive than others to this energy flow because perhaps they were born to be in the healing modalities, so they're going to be a little bit more sensitive. But I think most children are picking up all this energy, both the energy of good emotions and the energy of negative emotions. So we do have to try uh, to realize what were our own fears. If we can conquer some of our own fears and limitations, perhaps we won't imprint so many on our children. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, so the, the adults have to do the work also, you know. Yes. So. And the younger the child, the more sensitive for sure. Well, because they, what happens is the more they're exposed to environments in which they don't feel safe, then they shut down, they become guarded. And um, what's not spoken to in the conditioning, which really amps up when we put them in school, is just sort of not a focus for them anymore. So the younger the child that I work with, across the board, I see how incredibly uh, psychic these children are, and they see mm-hmm. beyond the physical dimension, but the older they get, you know, they've forgotten. It's kind of like falling asleep, and so, yes, this is about awakening. This is about remembering. Well, it's about remembering. the reason they forget is that people don't respect and honor 
this intuitive healing in nature which we were born yes. with in order to maneuver the world in a in a better way to get yes. the most out of our environment so they want to be like everyone else and they don't want to seem different or strange so yes. they just push it away and eventually it's like any skill if you don't use it it becomes not as functional uh, but the primary message of your book which you delivered to therapists and practitioners is that alternative healing in conjunction with allopathic medicine does respect the past and incorporates many ways forward uh, rather than limiting ourselves to one interpretation one treatment one way to look at the world because what we need is more open-mindedness we need to ask for help from I will say spirit or above, yes. uh, to to rely more on the universal laws of energy or understanding energy and that we're energy beings as well as, phys as physical beings. And all this can lead past the competitive materialistic way of life, which is threatening our health, to more soul growth. I wrote this in my book. In my book, The Living Spirit, in relation to ancient societies, people found ways to connect to the deep healing resources of the earth by grounding and drawing up energetically all the essential life force, minerals, nutrients, and water content, all necessary components for our physical and emotional well-being. These ancient societies followed spiritual practices to attain higher consciousness for combining the energy of the planet and the universe for sustaining physical life. Ancient cultures also used all forms of beautification of the physical body, elevated consciousness for exercise, meditation, art, theater, dance, and vibrational music. In other words, speaking to the soul through beauty and creativity instead of the mundane were ordinary practices for survival. So this is the key. It was always there, but we have yes. lost a great deal of the beauty of nature and our own soul presence in search of modernization and technology and uh, materialism. And it's very important that we start to get back to understanding that nothing's ever lost. There's always something to gain, but we may have to start to review uh, how to use some of these things again. Yes. I, I, I would think so. So what would you like people to take away after reading your book, Beyond the Imprint? So one of the primary messages is to have people understand that they've created their experience. Mm -hmm. And therefore, they have the ability to create something completely different. So in other words, we never lose our ability to create something anew or remember something from the past that's still valuable and bring it into our present life. That's wonderful. Yeah, I like the way you just said that. I want to thank you, Kate O'Connell, author of Beyond the Imprint, for a clear, concise look at a new modality for mental health practitioners and those seeking help in the understanding of energy, moving beyond the mechanistic worldview of Newtonian physics to know we are 
intimately interconnected with our environment and everything in it. This includes the understanding that we can change what is outside of ourselves by simply changing ourselves. To purchase this book and to begin healing on a multidimensional level, go to kateoconnell.com or hakva.org. In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, we have come to understand the complexity of behavior, health, and mental health issues, and the need for complete reevaluation of our systems to help citizens by using a more multidimensional approach to both prevention and to healing health, relational and personal development and allowing people to explore, identify, and dissolve imprinting at the cellular level. Such imprinting often has created a distorted self-identity and informed dysfunctional behavioral and relationship patterns throughout the course of one's lifetime. To release negative impressions and patterns is the prerequisite to beginning good mental, emotional, and physical health. In understanding healing and the elements of our mind-body-soul connection, Kate wrote, Heart frequency is the highest frequency that can be expressed in this dimension while in a physical body, and gratitude is an aspect of the heart and its profound expression. Being able to maintain a posture of acceptance in response to whatever is unfolding, even when it is extremely difficult, is the key for healing from our trauma, wound, imprinting. Healing does not occur without gratitude. And I thank you very much for that. Kate and I would have you begin to realize the authenticity of your individualized beginning even before you arrived into this physical life. And please forgive yourself and others for any injustices or behaviors, realizing that everything that happens is not random and ultimately leads us to experience a greater opening of our hearts and minds and is to be received with love. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within and author of The Living Spirit, and invite you to visit my website, CherylGlick.com, to explore the world of matter and energy and to ultimately begin to explore your imprints and those which need to be refined or changed for your best health and an improved quality of life. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.